You are listening to Motivating from the Six, episode 70. Yeah, we're at 70 already. Mental health motivation. An interview with motivational speaker Abraham Scully. Let's go. from the six this is a podcast that is intended to change your life it's intended to motivate you it's intended to inspire you it's intended to have you stand up in your circumstances no matter what they are and demand change for the better i am your host jeff martin of jeffadmartin.com thank you so much for tuning in today for all of you who have clicked play for all of you who have subscribed for all of you who have downloaded for all of you who have left a rating Thank you so much because I know how valuable your time is and the mere fact that you have allowed me to bless your ears even for a brief moment. I want to show my gratitude and say thank you to you. Today we have an amazing episode. I have a motivational speaker, Abraham Scully, who's on today. Abraham really specializes, listen, he is a great speaker in all areas that he speaks in, but he really hones in on, he really specializes in mental health awareness. This is something that we don't speak enough about. We really got to dig deep into mental health because the truth of the matter is there's a lot of people who are suffering from it today. Oftentimes we hear about PTSD, post-traumatic stress, and that's one of the main ones we hear about. But the thing is, there's a lot of people out there who are suffering from depression. They're suffering from bipolarism. They're suffering from a lot of different things that we just don't hear about in the mainstream. So it's important that we have these conversations because we need everyone to become well. This podcast, we want to see you become your best self, and that's in every aspect of your life, whether it be in the negative mindset that you have for yourself, whether it be in your finances, or whether it be in your mental health. We want to cover every single area to see you strive and become the best person that you can become on this earth. And that is why I have my man, Abraham Scully, to come in and speak to you today about mental health and mental health motivation. Listen to what my man has to say because he knows what he's talking about. Why? Because he has walked that path himself. I will not keep you from this interview any longer. Welcome my man, Abraham Scully, to this episode. All right, and welcome back to Motivating from the Sixth Podcast. We have a special guest on today, a speaker, a motivator, an inspirer, uh, a mentor, Mr. Abraham Scully. How you doing, sir? I am fantastic. Thank you again for having me on. Oh, man. Thank you for being on, man. What I like about you is, well, number one, you are in the, the same realm in terms of just trying to help people in their circumstances and speak life into people. But one of the things I really love is that you really pinpoint when it comes to speaking. You speak a lot about a lot of different stuff, but ultimately it comes down to uh, the mental illness in regards to um, people and what they're going through. And you often speak life into people in regards to uh, giving them motivation when it comes to mental illness. Can you speak on that a little bit? Yeah. So my what I do comes from my own personal story. So 
I moved from South Florida, so the Miami area, all the way to Pensacola, Florida. It's about a 10-hour drive um, in the pursuit of a college degree. So I came to the University of West Florida, and I said I first set out to pursue a degree in information technology. Um, during my second semester, first year of college, went into a deep depression. So it's not anything that I had expected. Um, nothing that I was ever aware of that could possibly happen while in college. Um, but it was one of the darkest moments of my life. And it led to me having to medically withdraw from my university. So um, was actually fell into the depression. I went to see a psychiatrist, got the diagnosis, um, started on medication for some time. Um, long story short, it wasn't as helpful as I thought. Um, medically withdrew from my university, went home for about two and a half months. And while I was home, you know, was with my support system, with family, and that was great and everything. But coming from a Jamaican household or African-American household, mental health, mental illness isn't something that we discuss. So even though I was with my support system, it was difficult to receive the support that I felt like I really needed. Um, so we're starting to started in therapy. Uh, still on the medication at that time, and was starting to get a little bit better. And I got to a point where I said, Joe, it's time to get up, and I got to go back to school and finish what I started. So from that period of my life, the only thing that kept occurring in my mind through that season was, this is an opportunity for me to speak to Inspire. This is an opportunity for me to share what I'm learning through this process to help somebody else. So everything that I talk about, everything that I do, as far as mental health, it, it just comes straight from my experience. Mm, mm, okay. And you know what? Before we go on, I just got to shout out. You said Jamaican household. I just got to shout yeah. out. Big up, big up. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> love it, love it. Absolutely, absolutely. So you talked about being in school and falling into a depression. Were you able to pinpoint what brought that depression on? So from therapy, I was able to identify that there were a few key factors. Um, one being the, the self-imposed um, stress that I was bringing upon myself. Um, at the time, I was away from home and I wasn't living on campus. So I had my own apartment, which meant I had to work a ton of hours. Um, I was working maybe 30, 35 hours as a freshman um, with a full course load of classes. So the stress from work, um, as well as some family issues going on at home that I couldn't do anything about because I was away from home. And then my grades started to drop. So I was able to identify a few key factors, but I think what also plays a role is pretty much a lot of my history. So growing up um, along with what was going on at that current moment. Um, my parents went through a divorce while I was in middle school and that really turned the tables for me. Um, seeing that go on and, and just as my life progressed, I always say like there's not one thing that spirals you into a depression. It's a multitude of factors that uh, come together. And at that point, it's like your breaking point. So right. I can't say it's one thing or two things. But um, at that time, I would say it was definitely the stress. Um, just taking a lot on at that time for myself. And it got to a point where I just couldn't handle it. Mm, mm. Yeah. There's a few things you just talked about there I would love to touch on. You yeah. talked about the fact of being from uh, a household of African-American African descent, 
um, the fact that there's not a lot of discussion when it comes to mental health within um, that demographic, that, that background. And I can attest to that as well, um, again, being a black man as well. Um, we really don't talk about it. It's not talked about it. It's it's become almost a thing where you brush under the rug. And it really has to be a topic that has to be brought out a lot more because we're finding that a lot more people um, are suffering from it. Or even if it's a lot, it's not necessarily a lot more people, but people are being open and honest about it. And that's what we need to see because that's how we're able to address these issues. Correct? Yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And that's why... I think it's very important for me to me to be one of the African American males who are stepping up and and being a voice to those who don't feel like the courage to speak up and then for those who feel like they want to but don't know how to they can look at an example and say oh wow he's speaking so honestly and openly it has helped me I should do that for someone else. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. You talk about your story and what you've been through, and obviously when I see you now, uh, you are out there, you're speaking, you're putting stuff on social media, you're letting the world know that you can actually come through this. And, you know, I don't know where you are now in terms of um, uh, your mental health or your thinking, but you are an example of someone who's been able to press through it. Is there other examples? Is this something that people can press through or are they stuck for the rest of their life? Nah, you definitely press through. And and it's funny because your mental health, once you reach uh, a stage to where you are depressed or you reach your lowest moment or point, um, it's always a progression. So you, you're never like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's never like gone for you to, for it to be something that you put at the forefront of your mind. I like to say mental health is wealth. Like it's a constant work on yourself and you're never a hundred percent. I don't think anyone's ever a hundred percent, but it's about the daily things, the things that you do every single day that help your mental health or that allow you to have um, mental health. So right now I would say that on the spectrum, I'm doing really well because I'm intentional about what I do. So waking up every morning, meditating, Waking up every morning and um, writing down what I'm grateful for. Going on walks. No social media for the first hour of my day. So being very intentional about my mental health is a reason why I'm at a level on the spectrum where it's where I have good mental health. So, yeah, I would definitely say that. Okay, absolutely. And I know they talk about, um, you know, making a routine, and, and that's really for anybody uh, within your day. Oftentimes people will get up and the first thing they do is pick up the phone. They start checking emails, they start checking social media. And before you even put your feet to the ground, you have other people affecting your life. So you turn on your phone and you turn on, you have an email from a supervisor or a boss or something or a, a bill, right? And automatically, just like that, it starts to take effect in your life. You start checking social media and you see your homeboy who's, you know, out in Italy or Brazil and you're sitting back thinking, how, you know, I wish I can do that. And again, you're allowing these things to affect your mind again, even before your feet touch the ground. So I think mm -hmm. it's so important that you just talked about in terms of having a routine where you can actually wake up, realize that number one, you're awake. Um, yeah. you know, there's so much things you can be grateful for. And then, like you said, have a routine before you even open your phone and let everyone else's life affect yours. Yeah. 
Very important, very important. And I think um, also for anyone who may be struggling, it's good to start slow. So um, for me, like coming through that while I was deep in the depression, I would still have the same expectations that I had for myself when I wasn't depressed. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that is healthy for an individual who is struggling with their mental health. Um, it's very important to break it down. So um, don't make your expectations so high that you can never attain the expectations. But starting with something as simple as today, I'm going to get up and I'm going to spread my bed. And so, as you continue to do, yes, that's simple. As you continue to do those things, it builds momentum. And as you build that momentum, you get better and better every single day. And as you get better, then you can put more things onto your uh, routine or your daily habits. Yeah. Absolutely. And I like you, you, what you're saying there, because you're actually taking action in making the steps to improve your life. In one of your social media posts, you talk about the fact that you cannot heal mental illness from just praying. Like, mm. you know, I'm a praying man, you know, I believe in God, but um, you really have to do more than just pray. What do you mean by that? So I'll give you the backstory. Um, I was in college and it was a struggle for me to open up to my parents about what I was really dealing with. Um, one, because I didn't want them to stress about, you know, um, is everything okay with him? And um, they get all scared and, 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 and take it out of proportion. And then two, I didn't think that they would really understand the fact that it's a mental illness or the fact that I'm struggling with my mental health. So I kind of kept it away from them. and was trying to deal with it as best as I could by myself and um, with who I had while I was in Pensacola. And one day I called my, one afternoon I called my dad and I was like, man, I just have to, I got to talk to him. I can't keep holding or keeping this away from my parents. So I called him and I said, yo dad, like I haven't been feeling too well. And he asked me, what do you mean? And I said, I just don't feel like doing the things that I normally like doing, like working out. I haven't been working out. Um, I haven't been going to classes. I've been calling off of work, just, you know, not doing my daily, my daily routine. And so he said, um, is everything okay with you? I said, I don't know. He said, have you been going to church? And I said, well, yeah, I, I go um, here and there, but I haven't been going as much as I used to. And he said, have you been praying? And I said, I've been praying, but not as much. And he said, why not? And I said, I don't really know what to pray about. I just, I just don't feel it. Like there's something going on. And he said, well, you should start praying some more. And in that moment, my dad came from a pure heart, right? And he came with what he knew, because my dad is a pastor, right? Grew up in the church. Um, you know, just uh, shepherd people, grew up in the church, he's a pastor and everything. So he came with what he knew. And I can't, I can't wrong him for giving me the response that he gave me. But in that moment, it made it seem like what I was going through was insignificant, that it wasn't something real, that I was actually probably going crazy, mm -hmm. and that there wasn't actionable steps that I can do for my mental health. So when he told me that, I'm not gonna lie, it crushed me because I'm like, oh, man, should I have told him that? Or it, am I really going crazy right now? But what it also helped me to realize was that if I were to get better, if I were to work on my mental health, I have to consult with professionals. So people who do this on a day-to-day -day basis. So I completely and absolutely agree with praying. Praying when we're going through adversity, praying for guidance, praying 
for everything in our lives. But I absolutely believe in that work. So I believe in putting in the work that is necessary to better yourself, to, uh, to better your mental health. I believe in putting in the work. And the work is going to a therapist. The work is building a support system. The work is writing your grat gratitude journal. The work is going to the gym and exercising or walking or doing certain things that will enhance or that will better your mental health along with the prayer. So they go hand in hand. So when I created that post, it was really for the people, it was really for Christians. It was really for um, the body of believers who believe that uh, we should pray and this miracle will happen. Mm -hmm. And we should pray and just wait for just this grand, amazing thing to occur in our lives. But God is saying, yo, pray and then put that work in. And, and, and that really hit home for a lot of people because um, prayer or faith without works is dead. That's what the word says, right? And the work is doing what is necessary for ourselves to better ourselves. Oh, man, that resonates with me so much in terms of my growing up and what people were doing when I was growing up and, and same idea where they'd say pray about it and they just leave it alone. And yeah. you know, there's so much more that needs to be done. Uh, T.D. Jakes, actually, he speaks. I saw him speak not too long ago. And what he says is that there's people out there who are praying for furniture, right? They're praying mm -hmm. for furniture. And <laughs> so he's like, God sits back and is like, but I've made you trees, right? I created trees. You're asking me for furniture, but I, I, I created trees. And so the whole idea is that you take the tree and create your own furniture, yes. Right. You put the work in. Right. You can't sit back and pray for the furniture when the trees are sitting there waiting for you to actually cut it down, build it, mold it and create that furniture that you want for yourself. And that goes back to exactly what you're talking about, that you have to put in the work. Yeah, I love that. I love that analogy. Yeah, I might take that for my next talk. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it's not mine. It's T.D. Jake. So you give him a call. Yeah. Give him a call. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, so you it. talked about you talked about going to therapy. Yes. And it's funny because there's such a stigma. Again, we mm -hmm. talked about the whole thing with mental health within the black community and really as a whole, there's a stigma because nobody wants to admit to having uh, any type of mental illness. And the truth of the matter is there's more people having mental illness out there than ever before. Right. Yep. So there really is no shame of it. But you talk about going to therapy. And it's funny because if you're looking to buy a house, you look for someone in real estate. If you're looking to get your finances straight, you go and get someone, a financial advisor, right? If you're looking to get your health in, in check, you go and get a, a trainer, right? And here we are as people suffering from mental illness, and many people would rather not go see a therapist. Is there any shame in seeing a therapist? So on the surface, I would say yes, because that is what society uh allows us or that's what society pushes so my first experience going to a therapist i'll be completely honest it was on campus and i had a conversation with a friend and she was telling me hey i haven't been seeing you at church i haven't been seeing you on campus is everything okay and i was kind of beating around the bush not trying to be completely honest and um and just share just just that vulnerability was difficult and it got to a point where i said you know what i'll just open up with her this is one of my best friends and I was letting her know what I was dealing with. And she said, it sounds like you're depressed. Um, and if you're depressed, you should see one of the counselors on campus. And I immediately said, nah, nah, I'm not depressed. Like people like me don't get depressed. I'm an optimistic guy. You know, I like hanging around people. I like working out. I can't be depressed. 
But after that conversation, what she did for me was she gave me an alternative to the pain, the emotional pain that I was experiencing. Mm -hmm. And in the back of my mind was, okay, what if I am depressed? And what if a therapist can help me to get through this or to feel better, just feel better for it. Just feel like I used to feel mm -hmm. right. And my first experience walking into um, the counseling center, I promise you, I was watching my back. I'm like looking around, making sure nobody see me walking in there. Because, because there is that stigma that says you're crazy if you struggle with your mental health. You're crazy if you have a mental illness. And I promise you, I'm walking up the stairs like, oh, man, I hope nobody see me walking in here. And I walked in and she asked me, what's my name? And I'm whispering, oh, my name is, my name is Abraham. I'd like to see a therapist. And, and it's crazy because I, I, I can look at it and laugh at it now. But in that moment, it was, it was deep. Like, the stigma was so strong and I had to get over that hump and getting over that hump was all I needed to do was to just do it, to just go. Mm -hmm. so, and then after a couple of times of going, you get comfortable and then you realize how much um, help that you receive. And then it only makes sense that you see a therapist. So you're like, oh, oh wow. So I'm embarking on this new journey of my life. I'm graduating. I don't have any direction. Maybe I got a new job and it's stressful, or maybe I'm, I'm going to the next level in my relationship and I need guidance. It only makes sense to see a therapist. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's like, once you do it, then you realize the benefits of it and then you continue to do it. And, and that, that's kind of what breaks the stigma for the individual. And then going out and sharing, Hey, I saw a therapist or Hey, um, I was going through this and I went to a therapist and they helped me out. That's what kind of breaks the stigma, in my opinion. Absolutely. And I think you're so right. And I think it even goes further as well. I've had friends who have had marital issues. And when you talk about going to go see a marriage counselor, they're like, yeah, that's the last thing I'm going to do. Right. Yeah. But again, yeah. if you can create a better life for yourself in whatever aspect that you're, you're struggling in, then it really only makes sense. And yeah, I get it. You know, society wants to tell us that going to go see a therapist is not cool. It's not the way to go. But man, like if I'm struggling within my life and I, and I really want to make things correct, I really want to make things right. It, it only makes sense. It only makes sense to swallow your pride and to go out there and to see someone. And it's not going to hurt when it's all said and done. All really that can come out of it is number one, you're going to remain the exact same that you, where you were. Or number two, you're going to get better. And that's what we want, to see people get better. Yeah, exactly. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So along your journey, you talked about the things that you've been through. And I see your T-shirt right there. And I'm doing this on, on, on video for those of you who are listening on the podcast. But he, his T-shirt is Speak to Inspire. And so Mr. AB has started a company that you've been have going on for a while now called Speak to Inspire. What has led you to start this company and what does Speak to Inspire mean to you? So a lot of what I'm doing now just came with growing and the progression and the process. So like I said, I went home after withdrawing from my classes and, and leaving school. And I would normally do this walk by this pond by my house, my old house. And as I was on this walk, one of the main questions that I would ask God um, during the season of depression was, why am I going through this? Why me? Why now? Like, I just finished high school. I'm doing great. Like, I went to college. Um, first generation. Like, why me? Why now? And there was a small voice that came into my head. This is your opportunity to speak to Inspire. 
And I promise you, in that moment, it meant nothing to me. It came and it went. It came and it went. That was it. And I went a couple of days after, and the thought came back to me again. And I said, I remember hearing that. So I wrote it down. I wrote it down on a note card, and I just put it off to the side. And then as the day started to come, I always remembered that I would always ask God, like, I want to be able to be in a position to where I can help people and, and help them in a specific area or do something just to enhance the lives of others. And I just need the opportunity. And then that's when the connection, it kind of came together. So I was like, wow, this experience of depression is my opportunity to share what I'm learning. And almost every day during that season of overcoming depression, I was documenting my life. Because in my mind, I was like, I'm going through this so I can share it. So I don't want to remember, I don't want to forget anything. So I'm documenting everything. And a lot of the content that I share today is just from documentation. I have maybe 10 journals of what I was going through um, and how, you know, I approached those certain situations, how I thought at that time, um, the actions that I had at that time. And so uh, December of 2016 is when I came out and I said, you know what? I'm going to put a name to this thing. This is Speaks to Inspire. And just putting it out there to see the, the feedback that was coming in. And it was phenomenal. Had so much support. Oh, man. And, and so many people were just saying how, man, this is awesome. Um, this is so helpful. Them sharing it with their friends. And it's just going crazy. And so someone re- or a bunch of people would reach out to me and say, like, how can we support this? Like, how do we help this to grow? And I would say just share the content. Whatever you see me post, just share it. Uh, Tell somebody to to follow what's going on and everything. And they said, but like monetarily, like how can we give money? And I didn't have nothing. I didn't have an account. I didn't have a GoFundMe, no, no place to collect donations or anything. And I was talking to one of my mentors and she said, why don't you have a product? Why don't you have some sort of product or service that you offer? Because you're doing it. Like you're, you're, you actually put your foot in it and you're getting the work done. And so she gave me an idea to come out with T-shirts. Uh, so when I came out with T-shirts, the reaction to that was phenomenal. Started selling T-shirts all over. Um, I had an order in Australia, uh, Colombia, and different places all over the world. And imagine you, these people are paying $13, $14 just for shipping. So, and, and the shirt is only $25. So it's crazy the amount that they're paying for the shirt, but it's the impact that is leading them to give and to support and to to put money towards what's going on. So I would say everything that has been going on has just been the process of growing and learning and developing. Um, But for me right now, what Speaks to Inspire is, it's a social platform to promote mental health awareness. Uh, We also serve as a platform for millennials to share their story with mental health, mental illness, and the purpose is to inspire, motivate, and encourage others who are struggling, and encourage others who would like to share their story, to utilize the platform to share their story. Um, So I do mentoring, do different events, um, and I speak. Like I said, I'm a speaker. So that's what it means for me right now. And in a year or two, it may be be even bigger. You know, it may expand. So, uh, and that's what I've been learning throughout the process is not not, um, necessarily like death gripping where I am right now to where it doesn't allow me to grow, but allow feedback and allow mentorship and guidance to help me to expand what, what it is that I'm creating. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you have a tagline. I'm going to let you say that tagline and explain exactly what that means. Go ahead, my man. 
Yeah, it's another day, another dollar, another opportunity to speak to inspire. So I love this. And not many people know unless I shared in a talk where this really came from. So while struggling with depression, it was very difficult for me to be grateful. Because when when you feel like like your world is crumbling, when you feel like, yo, like why do I have to feel this way? Um, mentally, you're being challenged. It's very hard to look at the simple things in life and actually be grateful and feel good about it. But I would do it anyway. I would just write it down. And even though I didn't feel like it, well, I'm grateful for uh, I didn't go to, to bed hungry tonight. I'm grateful for I ha uh, my loving family. I'm grateful for all these different things. And every single day up until today, every morning I wake up, I say, thank you, God, for another day. Thank you, God, for another opportunity. So I was able to embody gratitude towards having another day and another opportunity. And then I just added the, the dollar, the another opportunity, like all the, the little the flesh that I put onto it. That really just came over time. But it started with, thank you, God, for another day. Thank you, God, for another opportunity. Mm -hmm. And um, up until today, this morning, I woke up and was on my daily walk. And I just said, thank you, God, for another day. Thank you, God, for another opportunity. And it means the same thing um, that it meant while going through that season in 2016, 2015. I, I love that, man, because we definitely have a reason or two or 28,000 reasons to be to be grateful. Um, you know, I have a gratitude journal as well. And I, I'll be honest with you, I slack on it a little bit, you know what I mean? But the whole point is to every single day, write something in there that's different than the last. Because mm -hmm. again, like with the whole point of my gratitude journal within the whole year, there's no reason why I should have any repeats. Um, mm -hmm. and I just came off of actually in September, I, I was doing a social media gratitude challenge, hashtag mm -hmm. gratitude challenge where, um, I, you know, I put it out on social media. So basically what I was doing in my journal I was putting it out there. So every single day coming up with something new. And yes, I appreciate you because one of my days, I don't remember which one it was, but you had posted um, musical artist Tori Kelly yeah. and had me listening to that song. And I started to listen to her album through YouTube. And then I came across another song and I'm like, yo, like that song just became a blessing to me. So I had to shout you out on social media for um, leading me down that path. Yeah. But, yeah. but again, every day we have something to be grateful for, like every single day. And I, I speak about this and I'm passionate about this because, you know, you drive by a car accident and someone dies, you know, you can be grateful for, you know, the fact that that could have been you. And obviously, you know, we, we, we pray for the people who get hurt and who pass away in these car accidents, but that could have been you. Um, we hear about stories of people who die in their sleep, people who get hit by a car, people who, you know, uh, get food poisoning and, 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 you know, get really sick and sometimes die. There's so much to be grateful for. Mm -hmm. There's so much to be grateful for. And I think we really have to find that no matter what circumstance we're in. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And, and then, like I said, even with the routine, it's about starting small, starting slow. So like, what are the basics that we omit every single day? The breath in your body. Mm. Do you think about the fact that if you didn't have breath, you wouldn't have life. And so it's about, and, and it's not necessarily look it's not necessarily thinking about what are these grand things or huge achievements or successes that I've gotten in life that make me grateful, but yo, I just took another breath and I didn't even have to think about it. Imagine if you had to think about breathing every day, how many of us would be dead? That's a lot to think about every breath that you take, right? But our bodies are created in a way to where 
it happens instantaneously. You don't have to think about it. And they come and they come and they come and you went to sleep. You didn't have to think about, oh, I have to breathe as I'm sleeping tonight. It just came. And so starting with the little things like I'm grateful that I have breath in my body. I'm grateful that I have blood running through my veins. Right. I'm grateful that I can see through my eyes. Just just the, the things, the little things that we may miss on a daily basis. And then as we grow with this routine of being grateful, then it can go to different things in our lives. Absolutely. You talk about the breath in our body. And I think about the same thing with our heart beating. You know, at one point while we were still in our mother's womb, this little palpitation started and it's never stopped. Right. Yeah. And you don't have to think about it. it happens. You know, I don't know how many times a heart beats a day, but, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of times a day that it yeah. beats. And we don't think about it. Right. Oh. At all. And this happens until, you know, God willing, you know, till 98 years old. Right. And, and, yeah. and it's something that we don't even have to, you know, even have in our forefront of our minds. And I say that again, because there's people every single day that their heart stops breathing, stops, mm -hmm. stops breathing, beating. There's there's people every single day that they stop breathing um, mm -hmm. for a number of different purposes. And so these are things that we can take for granted. But, you know, if, if you take a visit to your local hospital, there are thousands of people lined up in bed who would trade places with you in an instant. Definitely. Go to the local uh, seniors home. There's a lot of seniors there that even in, in your difficulties you're going through in life, they would trade places with you in an instant, right? They would love to have your youth back. And so, yes, these are things that we can be grateful for every single day and just not take it for granted because, again, there's people out there who lose these things all the time. You just talked about your eyesight, you know, just, just being able to see through your eyes. Again, there's people out there who are losing their eyesight. Um, they go to sleep one day and they wake up the next day and it's gone, right? And so because these things are not prominent, you don't hear these things on the news, um, they don't come across your news feed on social media, you take them for granted. But we really have to remember how valuable these things are. Yeah, you touched on something that I think is extremely important, and that's perspective. So you going to the nursing home and you looking at the news and seeing that there are people in a you know much more difficult situation than you are in, what that does is that that enhances your perspective. Because in the moment when you're focusing on you and what you're going through, that's all you know, that's all you can see. But your perspective broadens when you see, you know, the outside world. And I think that's very important as well for people who are struggling because we can be so self-conscious, be so stuck um, on what's going on in our lives that we forget that if we shift our perspective, that in itself, in and of itself, can help our mental health, um, can, can allow us to, and it's not saying that, oh, I'm doing better than this person um, in a negative way at all, but it's allowing you to see, wow, like, there's a whole world outside of my world. Yeah. And that, yeah, and perspective is very important. And I would even challenge people to, on a weekly basis, um, or maybe twice a month, do something that shifts your perspective, visiting a nursing home, um, going to the inner city, volunteering um, with students who are, who are um, in underserved communities and allow your perspective to broaden and, and that will make you so much more grateful. Absolutely, you're, you're absolutely right. We can sit back and ask ourselves, why me? You know, why am I going through this? Why am I going through this mental uh, illness? Why do I have this depression, this bipolarism? 
um, or whatever it is in your life. Why am I going through divorce? Why am I going through this relationship struggle? Why am I going through finance issues? We can always ask ourselves, why me? But as you talked about, if you get involved with other circles, whatever else is going on in the world, there's, there's so many areas that you can actually go and volunteer, or as you said, just go out there and sit and watch and see what's going on in the lives of other people. You realize that people are going through some real difficulties. And, you know, as you just talked about before, we're not sitting back and saying, well, you know, at least they're going through that and I'm going through this. It just brings perspective, as you talked about. It brings perspective in terms of what's going on in your life. So when you're saying, why me? And then you see someone out there who has a collapsed lung or has a, you know, an illness, a terminally ill disease that they can't, chances are they won't get through. Um, your why me, really, it, it fails in comparison oftentimes to what someone else might be going through. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, very true. Yeah, absolutely. So you talk about, uh, again, going to see a therapist. And I want to just talk about this a little bit. So there's a speaker, Lisa Nichols, who I love, and she has a story. You know, you know Lisa. Yeah, she, she's fabulous. And she talks about a story where she uh, at one point was depressed. She went to the doctor. The doctor diagnosed her with being clinically depressed. And the doctor wanted to give her a ton of medication. And she said, can you just give me a second, doc? You know, I want to come back and see you in a month. I don't want to take anything. I'm going to see if I can repair this. And then so what she does is every morning that she gets up, she has these stickers on her mirror telling her how great she is. She looks in the mirror and says, I'm amazing. I'm great. I am powerful. Um, and then the next time she goes and sees this doctor, she, the doc, she's, she's, she's full of energy. And the doctor's like, what are you on? Like, you, you obviously didn't take the medication I prescribed. Like, what are you on? And she's like, you know, I started to work on me. I made a, a conscious decision and effort to work on me. And so she, she basically says that the, the affirmations that she was using with herself every single day was helping to create the person who she knew she could be. But at that time, she was caught up in the depression. And so based on that, she was able to push herself through it and push herself beyond that depression. Now, you know, I'm not here to tell anybody to drop the medication. You got to talk to your doctor. But, you know, that's just an example of someone who was able to step through um, because she actually took the steps. And I know you spoke about that in some of your your um, your Instagram post as well in terms of affirmations and, and speaking life into yourself. Can you just talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so that's extremely important. And there's a lot of um, resistance to uh, this this saying or this phrase, but this is something that I lived by while I was struggling through depression, and it was fake it till you make it. Mm. So <laughs> it's very difficult to affirm yourself when you're extremely depressed. It's difficult. Like We can't go ahead and lie and say, oh, it's easy to say something and actually believe it. And so when you fake it till you make it, what you're saying is whether I feel it or not, whether it's real or not, I'm going to continue doing this until it becomes my reality. And so positive affirmations is something that I live by even to this day. And every year they change um, depending on what I'm, I'm growing through in my life in that moment. Um, but and, and I would say like. To your particular situation, you have to figure out what affirmations will allow you to grow through what you're going through. So um, if you're struggling with self-esteem, um, a positive affirmation would be, I am confident. 
And I also think it's very important to start the affirmation with I am, um, because what you put out there and what you speak into yourself is what you will become. And just like it's important to speak positive affirmations, it's also important to make sure that we refrain from saying I am and then something negative, because whatever you say I am to is what becomes your reality. And so even to this day, I have affirmations. Um, right now, there's one that I'm doing. I am enough. I am powerful. Um, and that's just speaking that into your spirit and allowing that to become your reality. So before I started speaking, I struggled with the confidence and self-esteem with getting up and talking in front of people. And I would get up every morning, look into my mirror and say, I am a speaker. <laughs> that's what I do. I am a speaker. Um, and, it, and it just started to my brain started to accept that reality. And then I started to walk in into that and was able to say to others when they ask, hey, what do you do? Uh, what do you want to do? I'm a speaker. That's what I do. So very important. Absolutely. Yeah. The power of I am is, is, is so powerful. And again, when you sit back and, and, and um, allow for other people to dictate who you are, you may have someone sit back and say that, you know, you are this, you are that, you are uh, depressed, you are, you know, some of these things that, that other people may put on you, uh, but you have the power to dictate where your life is going to go. You have the power to believe who you are. And so mm -hmm. it, it does start with you. It starts with these affirmations. I am powerful. I'm amazing. I am enough. And that is what, as you said, fake it till you make it. Um, or I, I think the line that you even used in one of your, your posts as well is lie to yourself. Uh, lie yourself into depression. You lie yourself into depression, so you have to lie yourself out of it, right? <laughs> so, so it, it, exactly like you. Even if when you, when you don't believe it at the beginning, you don't believe the words you're saying. You start with the "I am." I'm powerful. I'm amazing. I'm brilliant. And even if you don't believe it, I guarantee every single day when you use it, it's going to keep resonating within you yeah. until eventually you do believe it. Because ultimately, yeah. it is true. We all are amazing. We are. We all are powerful. But oftentimes we don't believe it. So you have to say it enough till you start to believe it in yourself. Yeah. Very good point. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we talked about the fact of, again, just the path that you've taken and where you are now. What is next for you? So right now my goal is to expand. So I want to be able to have ambassadors um, in different parts in different states representing what it is that Speaks to Inspire stands for, what the mission is with promoting mental health awareness and providing a platform for millennials to share their stories with mental health. So um, expanding in that capacity, continuing to build relationships, continuing to build my speaking career and opening opportunities for others to share the platform, to share their story. Mm. I love that. Well, you know already you have a friend out here in Canada and I'm here to support any way I can and open that door up for you, uh, you know, any way I can as well. So just know that for sure. And, you know, just be, again, Jamaican background, we might have some relation. We'll have to dig into that later, though. Yeah, we never know. <laughs> you never know. You never know. Might be my long-lost brother. <laughs> I'm saying, though. I'm saying. <laughs> so I have this question I've been asking uh, some of my guests. It's kind of my, my Oprah question because I got it from Oprah. But mm -hmm. I think it really digs into uh, who we are as, as individuals. So the question is, what is it that you know for sure? What do you know for sure? I will bounce back from any adversity that occurs in my life. I love that. I love yep. that. 
Absolutely. Because when you believe that, that's when it's going to happen. We just talked about the affirmations. When mm -hmm. you're going through a struggle, when you're going through circumstances, when you're going through hardships, if you say to yourself, I believe that I will bounce back from this, then you have no choice but to bounce back. You mm -hmm. have no choice. Yeah. I love that. I love that, brother. That was, that was nice, short, and deep. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So where can everybody find you? Again, I talked about your social media, um, but you tell everybody, where can they find your stuff? I, I love what you're doing. I love that you're speaking about mental illness and growing from that. And there's a lot of people out there who are suffering from this. So if anybody's listening, uh, first and foremost, let them know where they can find you and, and learn more about you and what you're doing. Yep. So I'm on all social media platforms, um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, YouTube, and it's just at speaks the number to inspire. A lot of people say speak to inspire, but it's actually speaks to inspire. Um, and you can find me there right now. I have a series going called mental health motivation. So you'll see a lot of content in terms of mental health motivation. And that's just giving tips and strategies to help with our mental health. So all social media platforms at speaks to inspire. Fabulous. And you also have a text as well, right? Yes. Yes. So the text is you just text the the um, name speaks to inspire to you make sure I get this right. I have three one nine nine six. That is correct. Yep. Three one nine nine six. Perfect. Yep. And that's the number that you text and then you can receive weekly <clears throat> motivational text. So that's mental health motivations every week. Fabulous. I love that. And they're going to get that. They're going to get that straight to their phone. So yep. when they're lying in their bed, rather than scrolling through social media and seeing all that foolishness that everyone else is up to, they can wake up and see your text and be inspired. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Love it. Love it. So before we close, first and foremost, man, I want to thank you so much for being on this episode. I think this topic is so important in terms of getting our head right, getting getting our minds right where we need to get to. And I would love to have you on again and we can kind of dig more into it uh, because, again, it's so important. People are hiding um, the illnesses that they're going through. And it's important that we actually go and seek the help that we need if necessary and then work on ourselves as well. Again, the affirmations, the speaking to people, whatever it takes to, to repair ourselves so we can live that best life that we can live. Yeah. And thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much, Jeff, for sharing your platform. And thank you so much for doing what you're doing in the community. Really oh, man. Much love, much love. So to close out this episode, when I have speakers on, I love to have them close up the episode. So at the end of each show, I kind of do a bit of a, a nugget um, about a minute long. And, and I'd like for you to do that for me today, if possible, to speak to the people. You are sitting in front of your ideal audience. And there's someone out there who's struggling right now. They don't know where to turn. They don't know where to go. They have some type of uh, illness that they're dealing with, and they just don't know. They don't have the answers. And I want you to speak to that person right now for about a minute to help them in their circumstance. Yeah. Yeah, that's powerful. So you were created for this. There is nothing that you cannot do. When God created you, he created you and, and he uniquely designed you for anything that comes into your life. He gave you the power from the very beginning. And it's very important to tell yourself that you are resilient. So when I wake up in the morning, I say, I am resilient. When I'm going through adversity in my life, I am resilient. And resilience is just the ability to bounce back from adversity. So once you believe that you have that ability to bounce back from, from and any adversity that happens in your life, then you become unstoppable. 
yeah, you may have to slow down and slow down if you must, but never stop because you have that ability to bounce back from adversity. So just continue to love on yourself, continue to, you know, do the positive affirmations, but never forget that you are resilient. That's it, we're resilient. Fabulous, much love, AB, much appreciation. Mm -hmm. And I'll see you all on the top of the next episode. Peace. Much love, brother.